What's on tap for today? Well, how about making more money in retirement? If your portfolio is down and you want cash coming in, where do you turn? We're talking mo money, mo retirement with Danielle Roberts, author of 10 Costly Medicare Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make on Today's Money with Friends. Welcome back to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement in Palm Springs, California, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihi. And I am Danielle Kunkel-Roberts, coming to you from the great state of Texas in Fort Worth today. I love Fort Worth, Texas. This is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're tackling one from the big Roanoke Times. Not only do we read them like some podcasts do, but we're going to dive into how they affect your wallet and what you can do to save more effectively. If that's not enough, we'll share a big idea at the end of today's show you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day and all in less than 20 minutes in today's show is brought to you by NordPass. You know, if you don't have a password manager, realize that if you're using just one, two, or three different passwords for your things, hackers are getting better and better. It's easier for them to get at your stuff. NordPass is a secure and easy to use password manager. You store passwords in a single place, then log into your favorite websites with passwords that they create. So you have a different password for everything. Get 50% off and a free 30-day trial if you use our link. That's nordpass.com forward slash MWF. Nord as in N-O-R-D pass dot uh, com M-W-F. Danielle Kunkel Roberts joins us again. It's about time you're back on the show. I'm thrilled to be here. It's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> it has been a while, but I'm so happy you have a new book out. That's pretty exciting. And by the way, as a guy who's also uh, on the first draft of a book, it's hard as hell doing it, Danielle. Oh my gosh, it's a lot of work. Now, I like the way that you're doing it, though, having a beer while you're doing <laughs> 2,000 words. I wish I had thought of that. I wish I had thought of that. But yeah, you've got to do a few thousand words every day so that it doesn't overwhelm you. As long as it doesn't read like I'm having a beer, I think we're, I think, I think we're probably <laughs> good. The next morning, you better be sure. <laughs> That's right. Well, we're going to talk about making more money in retirement. So let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. Hey, it's Paul from the Crazy Money Podcast. The money talking party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right, Danielle, pick this one. It comes from the Roanoke Times. And and I would guess over at your site, Danielle, Boomer Benefits, you guys field a lot of questions about people wondering about how to keep income coming in so they don't have to tap the portfolio in retirement. Yeah, that's right. You know, I think when you are planning for retirement, you sort of think to yourself that that's a time of your life where you're not going to be earning income, but that's changed a lot today. And so people are looking for those opportunities to see if they haven't quite put enough away or they still have concerns they're going to be able to afford their lifestyle. They want to know what those opportunities are. Yeah. I remember when I was a financial planner and the, the, I went through two stock market downturns and, and it's difficult because if you're not in the financial markets and all your money's in a savings account, you're losing purchasing power to inflation. And unless you can afford to save dollar for dollar, it's very difficult to leave your money in savings. So you have to be out in, in stocks or, or at least bonds or something that, that makes a little money. And yet when you're there and you're watching your money drop and you're already retired, man, is that, that is such a difficult time. And I could, I could sit and tell my clients all day long, Danielle, that they had enough money and still watching your portfolio drop in times like we're in now, as an example, it's very difficult to sit and live through. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. My mom is in that situation. So when we had that big drop earlier this year, she was in a total panic about it because before she was always doing the dollar cost averaging and putting money in and it would even out. And, you know, now she's living off that money. So it's a lot more upsetting. Yeah. Uh, so these six things, instead of reading them like we do guys on most podcasts today, Danielle and I are just going to walk through these different things that you can tap for money. The first thing they list here is your house. Um, are you a fan of these reverse mortgages that are out there? You know, I've seen, I've, I've spoken with some of my clients that found them helpful, but I know that people have a lot of hesitations about them in terms of what's left over in the end. And, and especially if you have um, a legacy for kids or grandkids. So there's a lot of mixed feelings in my community about them. Yeah. I think you have to be very careful because historically, because of the fact that um, uh, uh, it isn't really transparent what's going on. So what happens in a reverse mortgage is you, you're taking your house and you're getting cash out today. And then when you pass away and the house gets sold, that cash gets repaid. So in essence, pretty much what you're doing is you you turn your house, great way to think about it is you turn your house into a lifelong lease. You get all the cash out of it today, you have a lease, and when you, when you pass away, your house goes bye-bye, the bank owns it. Uh, and it doesn't always happen that way, but I think that's a great way to think about it. I actually like though what they're saying here is that you can try to advertise your house to long-term tenants on... On, on different places. Uh, uh, I right now am at an Airbnb for a month in, in Palm Springs because we, at this particular juncture, I'm between houses, Danielle, but, but it's, but it's great. It's great for everybody. It's great for the, it's great for the people. I'm sure the people that own this place, if this was their primary residence, they would find a place cheaper for a month and they would actually make more money renting to somebody like me who just wants a place to sit for a month while they're out, you know, renting a place for less money. Yeah. And they can also, if they do the RV lifestyle, this is a thing we've seen them talking about a lot. Some of these people that hit the road and do some of the travel that they want to do, they're renting out their house back home while they're on the road, which helps fund that lifestyle and gives them some income. And at the same time, those travelers can enjoy a nice home. So it's a really good idea if you're not somebody that's going to be home all the time uh, to consider putting it up on VRBO or Airbnb. Yeah. It's just sitting there empty. Why not? Yeah. Number two on the list is your life insurance. And a lot of people out there maybe have permanent life insurance policies. I think you have to ask yourself if you even need life insurance anymore. Yeah. And, you know, we put life insurance in place early in our life, usually to cover the mortgage if something happens to us to make sure we put the kids through school. But once all those things are done, you might be paying into a policy that you don't really need anymore. So it's something to take a look at, not just canceling your policy and stopping the premiums that you're putting in, but if you have cash value in that policy or whether you can sell it in a life settlement. And the life settlement thing is something that a lot of people don't know about. Let's talk about that for a second. So if your beneficiaries no longer need this cash, right? Uh, You don't need it. Your beneficiaries don't need it. You can change the beneficiary so that it's a company out there. And instead of giving you, let's say the policy is $250,000, they may give you $150,000 or $200,000 today, but then there's no death benefit later. That can be super attractive if you want money and nobody needs your cash after you die. 
Yeah, that's right. If you aren't going to eat it anyway. And the only thing about it that some people have responded is that it's kind of creepy that a company or a person out there is buying this policy waiting for you to die so they can get their investment back. That's a little creepy. But if you can avoid that part of it and just realize the benefit to you as well as to them, then it could be a great way to save on premiums and um, earn some money in the meantime. You might not trust those uh, those meals that come in a box quite as much because you're not sure <laughs> yeah. if that box didn't come from someplace else. <laughs> yeah, you better watch out for that. <laughs> Number three on this list is your closet or your basement. What do you think about that one? You know, that one's hard for me to imagine because I'm such a pack rat and I go in there and I always have the best of intentions of offloading that stuff. And then I never do it until the last minute. And then I'm too lazy and I just go give everything to Goodwill, which of course is good. But if you're somebody that would take the time and actually go through all these things that are just sitting there that you're not using anymore and post them up for sale on eBay or Facebook, or there was another one in the article mentioned Mercari app. I've Mercari. That yeah, that, yeah, that one started, uh, I believe in Japan and is starting to gain a lot of traction here here in the USA now. Wow, that's pretty cool. See, there's more opportunities than ever. The, uh, the So the interesting thing for me, the people that don't know my story, is that we sold our house and we had an estate sale with all of our stuff. And I have to tell you that getting rid of stuff, not only do I have the money in my pocket, and, but, and, and by the way, don't do an estate sale if you're looking to make a bunch of money. That just is the way to get rid of a <laughs> bunch of your happen. stuff. Yeah, because the estate sale company takes a huge chunk of that money. But I, but I got to tell you, being unencumbered makes it so much easier to just live when you don't have all this clutter around it. it the fact that right now in my life, because I own next to nothing, I could just get up and go. There's something to be said for that, Danielle, especially, I mean, if you're looking for more money, it's hard to think about opportunities when you have all of this clutter around you. It's very difficult. Yeah. And I've read articles about how the clutter actually um, creates stress in your life that you don't even realize. And just looking around my office here, I can totally see that. <laughs> I always come in here and I'm overwhelmed and it's because I've got books and stuff everywhere. You can't, looks nice and neat behind me, but, but people that have, that follow through on that, like you did, uh, it's pretty cool. So you just read your Marie Kondo book and <laughs> tell, tell your t-shirt how faithfully it's served you and, and get rid of it. I do to tell it, it is unnerving though. It is truly unnerving sure. as you're doing Doing it, you're like, I'm getting rid of all the stuff that I had forever. And 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 your brain kicks in and goes, I can't get rid of that. But then you yeah. realize that half these books, I'm not gonna read half these books again. I keep them around because some there are some great lessons in them, and I think someday I'm gonna want to go back to them. And then you know what I realized, Danielle? I'm like, if I get rid of it now, number one, somebody else can get that lesson that I got that I found valuable. Number two is if I want it again, there's a library right over there. Yeah, you could go that or just get it on your Kindle. And right. another good thing about doing this that I thought of is for your kids. So if you pass away someday and you've left all these things that were in your home, you leave quite a burden to people after you to sort through those things in an emotional time and have to be getting rid of your things. And I experienced this with my grandparents when we sold everything in their home, we were moving my grandpa into the long-term care. And that was really hard for the family. So, you know, there's multiple uh, benefits to doing this yourself during your own lifetime. And uh, that's just one of them. We've got a chatty bunch hanging out with us on uh, YouTube, on Facebook, and elsewhere. If uh, if you want to hang out with us while we make future shows, head to facebook.com forward slash money with friends. Kevin says, uh, please tell my wife this, Joe and Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> 
ever call me. I, oh God, I, Kevin. I just, I'm not getting in the middle of that, Kevin. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm not going there. Karen uh, says, after moving, I realized I don't need so much. That was my realization. All this stuff that I thought I was really attached to, you know how much I miss it? Uh, I had some, some just uh, what I thought were amazing collections at the time, but I would look at them maybe twice a year and I truly don't miss them nearly as, as, as much as I thought that, that I would. That's fabulous. So uh, let's move on to the next one here. Your car Mm -hmm. driving Uber Lyft, like part-time retirement job, Danielle. Yes. And this is the one that I see people in our community doing the most because almost everyone has a car, or at least if you live in Texas, I realize there's some places out there where you don't need a car, but many people that are retired do have cars. And I love that you can pick your own hours. So, you know, when you're trying to find uh, work that's going to help supplement your income in retirement, you maybe don't want to work as many hours as you did before. So you can pick your own hours with the Uber Lyft phenomenon. And this is something that, you know, 10 years ago, nobody had this opportunity. There is a uh, gentleman in that community named Harry Campbell. He's the rideshare guy. And and I have to tell you, we've done some stories lately about uh, driving for Uber and Lyft. And so many people haven't done the math and you're not making as much money as you think you are after, after all of the huge take the Uber Lyft or, or, or Uber Eats or whoever takes DoorDash takes. Uh, so you have to do the math and you have to learn when the right times are to drive so that you constantly have this flow of stuff. And Harry can teach that. Uh, uh, Harry's just a guy that we've had on our show before who, who knows how to actually make that work for you. But there's a bunch of people driving that aren't making money, even though it feels like you're making money when you get done with the gas and the time and all that stuff, you're, you're being very poorly paid. Yeah. So getting a little education on that from him would be a good idea. I got to tell you, I like this number five though, especially in your boomer benefits community, Danielle, you've got some people that have skills all over. I mean, they've worked at at a job for X number of years and I don't think they realize how much consulting will pay and teaching people to do these things that they've known how to do for a long time would pay. Yeah, my stepdad actually does this. He retired uh, from working in the steel industry and immediately turned to consulting for the same company. He sets his own hours. He negotiated first class flights to wherever they send him. He goes to Guadalajara all the time. He can pick the project, turn down the ones that you don't want. And uh, we've also had people in our community that have shared in some of the articles we've done in the past about um, doing teaching at local community centers. And you can sign up online for things like two com where your skills, you can look for the right opportunity, post that, and then people hire you to learn those things. And a lot of um, companies out there really enjoy the baby boomer work ethic as well. So you might be surprised at how eager they would be to hire you for something like that. It's pretty exciting when you see that in action because it becomes this mentorship role that you have, which makes you feel good as the mentor. The mentee loves it because they're learning from somebody who has way more skill than they have. And really because of the age dynamic, dynamic, it makes it, it makes it an easy teaching relationship much more. I think Danielle, than when you've got somebody who's four years younger than you trying to t- teach you how to use the computer, like going, going the other way is kind of sometimes a little, a little worse, a little more intimidating. Yeah, I think that's true. We've actually got one client who in her local reach lives in a retirement community, the 55 plus, and uh, she teaches a class at the local uh, community center there to people aged 70 and older on how to use your iPhone. And so she's their age and she's teaching them all about how you can load apps and what oh, you can do with great. them. Oh, that's great. 
she earns a little money doing it. And what you're saying is exactly right. They don't have to learn from their teenager who's right. like, oh, come on, grandma, you should have this by now. Well, and the cool thing, <laughs> having another grandma teach a grandma about how to use technology, grandma knows all the questions. My te- my teenagers always got frustrated with me because they didn't, yeah. they didn't want to answer the basic question. Like, what does this button do? Dad, come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, know anything. I got, I got a question about, no, what do you think about number six on this list? They say your hobbies, uh, some creative thinking could turn your favorite hobby into an income stream. Yeah. So if you're a crafty kind of person, they're saying you can sell some of your handmade goods on Etsy. And I don't know how much money there is in doing something like that. I think we have Julie in the FinCon community that has an Etsy course that you can take that would teach you how to do that. So if you're that kind of person that's creative, whatever I would do craft wise, nobody, they would have to, I'd have to pay them to take it. (laughs) But if you you have a talent, you know, you could try. I I have to say that, uh, there was a recent guest on one of my favorite people, Austin Cleon, who wrote a great book called Steal Like an Artist. And he's all about where art meets uh, business. Mm-hmm. And he actually cautions against this one. And, okay. and I like his I like his take. He's he's like, you know what? The second that you turn your hobby into a business, it becomes a J-O-B. And now Maybe it's. don't love it so much. Yeah. He's like, you know, he, he's and, but but it is. It's a piece of our culture. Uh, he actually actually said, so I'm stealing this from him. He's like, you take cupcakes to a gathering. Remember we used to get together, you know, when, when people would gather in these groups and stuff, when, when that would happen, you'd take cupcakes to something. And if you're great at making cupcakes, everybody goes, you make such great cupcakes. The first thing they always say, Danielle is you should have a cupcake business. Yeah, you should. But the second it becomes a business, it's no longer about cupcakes. It's about hiring and firing and tax law and setting up, you know, a franchise or a business or, or, real estate and negotiating contracts and it becomes all this stuff. And next thing you know, you can't stand making cupcakes anymore. Yeah. You might not enjoy it so much anymore. So you do have to think about that and owning a business myself. I know that my brother and I, we laugh sometimes about days where we're just playing whack-a-mole and we're hitting this problem and this problem, we're (laughs) whacking them down. And it's, you know, all the headaches that come into it. Maybe you just want to eat your cupcakes. It actually becomes fun after a while being able to actually talk about benefits, isn't it? It is kind of fun to talk about benefits, but then there are certain days where yeah, I will just say, let's just say that HR is not my favorite. Right. I, I, I totally believe that. All right. In just a second, Danielle and I are going to have our big takeaway from today's discussion on ways to make money during retirement. But first, I want to say a big thanks to everybody who's used our link to, when they tried out NordPass. NordPass is a way to store passwords in one place and log into all your favorite websites and apps with a single click. Cool thing I like about NordPass too, if there's somebody you need to share a password with, somebody who's in your family and they need to get into the same spot, you can very safely and securely share that uh, password with them. Almost forgot the word. We're talking about passwords. Can't remember the word password. That's bad. What's the password of the word password? Uh, you can share that password with them. And different than me in the past, I used to use one password that I thought was really clever for everything. I realized and hope like heck that they didn't realize I was giving them the keys to everything. Now, every single password is different. I don't even remember what my passwords are. I just remember how to get into NordPass. The cool thing, too, is there are password managers that are free. If something's free, remember, you are 
who they're marketing. And so I always wonder when I'm trusting my passwords to something that's free, what does free really mean? I want to pay a small fee. It's an incredibly small fee to use NordPass, but we're going to give you 50% off and a 30 day money back guarantee. If you use our link, nordpass.com forward slash MWF for money with friends. That's nordpass.com forward slash MWF. Danielle, what's our, what's our takeaway from today's piece on six unexpected sources of retirement income? My takeaway is that creativity and thinking about ways that you can bring in um, retirement income could really pay off today. And I think about looking through this list of things that none of these opportunities existed for my grandparents when they retired. They couldn't certainly do Uber. There wasn't eBay to sell things on. Other than a garage sale, you know, there wasn't as many opportunities. And so today you don't have to look at retirement as I'm done earning forever and now I'm learning, I'm living off whatever is left in social security. You can um, put the good old elbow grease into it and create some income that can just make things easier for you in retirement to make ends meet. I'm with you. I love this idea of creativity because especially when you're retired, you have so many experiences that you don't really think about. And I often see people reach for the most horrible ways to make money when there's so many easy ways out there yeah. to make money. And these are, these are just a few. If, if you're somebody with an RV and your house is empty, learning how to list it. And I know, by the way, a lot of people, Danielle, have fear around that. Like, I don't know if I can ever learn Airbnb. You know how many times you have to learn it? Once. And once yeah. you've learned it, now that's a new skill that you have. And you'll find out very quickly if it works or not. But getting a little bit creative, I love that. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, I agree. I heard a rumor that you have an awesome new book out that can teach people about Medicare. Is that actually true? It is actually true. It's so exciting. We have finally put together a book on all the mistakes that we see people make with Medicare. I realized when working with our new clients coming into Boomer Benefits that they tend to make the same mistakes. So new people coming into Medicare, they're not used to national health care and they are afraid of making mistakes. They want to know what those mistakes are. And if they don't have a place to figure out what they are, they are tending to make the same mistakes. So we did a little bit of polling of our audience and also working with our client service team just to get details on the same mistakes that people make over and over. And then we wrapped it up into a pretty little book and it's for sale now. I love how the book is like, a it's, it's an extended, very detailed FAQ. Yes, that's right. <laughs> there are 10 mistakes and you don't want to make them and we are going to show you exactly how to avoid them. But it's also funny that unlike a lot of FAQ, you frequently ask questions for people that, that don't know what that is, but different than a lot of those, these are questions that people ask all the time, but for some reason, a lot of people don't know the answer to. Uh, like as an example, there's a fork in the road when it comes to Medicare. You can go one way or go another way. You've got two, I, I think there's a ton of people don't even know there's two options at, at that point. By the way, I won't even tell people what that is. You got to buy the book, 10 costly Medicare mistakes <laughs> you can't afford to make. Uh, where do you get it? Uh, you can find it just about anywhere. It's on Amazon for pre-order, Kindle and paperback. We also have it on Barnes and Noble, uh, BookBub, a few other places. Awesome. And I bet you can find links at Boomer Benefits as well. You sure can. And there's a website for the book too, 10medicaremistakes.com. Awesome. And you know what? We'll link to those on our website, uh, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Danielle, thanks for hanging out. You want to do this again tomorrow? Absolutely. Let's do it. We'll be back with part two with Danielle tomorrow on Money with Friends. Bye-bye. 
show is created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.